Chapter 12 of the Ramayana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sudeshna. The Ramayana by Valmiki. Translated by Ralph D. H. Bruhel. Canto 54 The Battle. As Saint Vashishta answered so, nor let the cow of plenty go. The monarch, as a last resource, began to drag her off by force. While the king's servants tore away, their moaning, miserable prey, sad, sick at heart, and sore distressed, she pondered thus within her breast. Why am I thus forsaken? Why betrayed by him of soul most high? Vashisht, ravished by the hands of soldiers of the monarch's bands. Ah, me! What evil have I done? against the lofty-minded one, that he so pious can expose the innocent whose love he knows? In her sad breast as thus she thought, and heaved deep sighs with anguish fraught. With wondrous speed away she fled, and back to St. Vashishta's bed. She hurled by hundreds to the ground, the menial crew that hemmed her round, and flying swifter than the blast, before the saint herself she cast. There, dappled skin before the saint, stood moaning forth her sad complaint, and wept and lowed such tones as come from wandering cloud or distant rock. O son of Brahma, thus cried she, why hast thou thus forsaken me, that the king's men before thy face bear off thy servant from her place? Then thus the Brahman saint replied to her whose heart with woe was tried and grieving for his favourite's sake, as to a suffering sister's babe. I leave thee not, dismiss the thought, nor duteous hast thou failed not. This king, o weening in the pride of power, has reft thee from my side. Little I ween my strength could do, against him a mighty warrior too. Strong as a soldier born and bred, great as a king whom regions dread. See what a host the conqueror leads with elephants and cars and steeds. O'er countless bands his pennons fly, so is he mightier far than I. He spoke, then she, in lowly mood, to that high saint her speech renewed. So judge not they who wisest are, the Brahman's might is mightier far. For Brahman's strength from heaven derive, and warriors bow and Brahman's strive. A boundless power tis thine to wield, to such a king thou shouldst not yield. Who very mighty thou he be, so fierce thy strength, must bow to thee. Command me, saint, thy power divine, has brought me here and made me thine. And I, however the tyrant roast, will tame his pride and slay his host. Then cried the glorious sage, Create a mighty force the foe to mate. She lowed and quickened into life, Pahlavas burning for the strife. King Vishwamitra's army slew before the very leader's view. The monarch in excessive ire, his eyes with fury darting fire, rained every missile on the foe till all the Pahlavas were low. She, seeing all her champions slain, lying by thousands on the plain, created by her mere desire, Yavanas and Sakals, fierce and dire. And all the ground was overspread with Yavans and with Sakals' dread. A host of warriors, bright and strong, 
and numberless it throws a throng. The threads within the lotus stem, so densely packed, might equal them. In gold-hued mail against war's attacks, each bore a sword and battle-axe. The royal host, wherever these came, fell as if burnt with the ravening flame. The monarch famous through the world against his fearful weapons lord, that made Cambodia's barbarous war, with Yavan's troubled flee and fall. End of Canto 54 Canto 55 The Hermitage Burnt so o'er the field that hostly strewn by Vishwamitra's darts o'erthrown, then does Vashishtha charge the cow, create with all thy vigour now. Forth sprang Cambodia's ashy load, bright as the sun their faces glowed. Forth from her udder barbarous poured, soldiers who brandished spear and sword, and Yavans with their shafts and darts, and shakas from her hinder parts, and every pore upon her fell, and every hair-producing cell, with mlechas and kiratas teemed, and forth with them haritas streamed, and Vishwamitra's mighty force, car, elephant, and foot and horse, fell in a moment's time subdued by the tremendous multitude. The monarch's hundred sons, whose eyes beheld the rout in wild surprise, armed with all weapons, mad with rage, rushed fiercely on the holy sage. One cry he raised, one glance he shot, and all fell scorched upon the spot. Burnt by the sage to ashes, they with horse and foot and chariot lay. The monarch moaned with shame and pain. His army lost, his children slain, like ocean, when his roar is hushed, or some great snake whose fangs are crushed. Or as in swift eclipse the sun, dark with the doom he cannot shun, or a poor bird with mangled wing, so reft of suns and host, the king. No longer by ambition fired, the pride of war his breast inspired. He gave his empire to his son, of all he had the only one, and bade him rule as kings are taught, then straight a hermit grove he sought. Far to Himalaya's side he fled, which bards and nagas visited, and Mahadeva's grace to earn. He gave his life to penance stern. A lenden season thus passed by, which shivers self the Lord Most High, whose banner shows the pictured bull, appeared the God Most Bountiful. Why fervent thus in toil and pain? What brings thee here? What boon to gain? Thy heart's desire, O monarch, speak, I grant the boons which mortals seek. The king his adoration paid, to Mahadeva answered, made. If thou hast deemed me fit to win, thy favour, O thou void of sin, on me, O mighty God, bestow the wondrous signs of the bow, all mine complete in every part, with secret spell and mystic art. To me be all the arms revealed that gods and saints and titans wield, and every dart that arms the hands of spirits, fanes, and minstrel bands. Be mine, O Lord, supreme in place, this token of thy boundless grace. The Lord of gods then gave consent, and to his heavenly mansion went. Triumphant in the arms he held, the monarch's breast with glory swelled. So swells the ocean when upon his breast the full moon's beams have shone. Already in his mind he viewed Vashishta at his feet subdued. He sought that hermit's grove, and there launched his dire weapons through the air, till scorched by might that none could stay, the hermitage in ashes lay. 
wherever the inmate saw aghast. The dart that Vishamitra cast, to every side they turned and fled in hundreds forth disquieted. Vashishtha's pupils caught the fear, and every bird and every deer, and fled in wild confusion forth, eastward and westward, south and north. And so Vashishtha's holy shade, a solitary wild was made, silent a while for not a sound, disturbed the hush that was around. Vashishtha then with eager cry called, Fear not, friends, nor seek to fly. The sun of Gadhi dies to-day, like hoar-frost in the morning's ray. Thus having said, the glorious sage spoke to the king in words of rage. Because thou hast destroyed this grove, which long in holy quiet throve, by folly urged to senseless crime, now shalt thou die before thy time. End of Canto 55 Canto 56 Vishwamitra's Woe but Vishwamitra, at the threat of that illustrious anchoret, cried as he launched with ready hand, a fiery weapon, stand, O oh, stand! Vashishtha, wild with rage and hate, raising as it were the rod of fate, his mighty Brahman warned on high, to Vishwamitra made reply, Nay, stand, O oh, warrior thou, and show what soldier can gainst Brahman foe. O oh, Gadhi son, thy days are told, thy pride is tame, thy dart is cold. How shall a warrior's puissance dare? with Brahman's awful strength compare. Today, base warrior, shall thou feel that God-sent might is more than steel. He raised his Brahman's staff, nor missed the fiery dart that near him hissed, and quenched the fearful weapon fell, as flame beneath the bellows swell. Then Gadhi's son in fury threw Lord Varun's arm and Rudra's too, Indra's fierce bolt that all destroys that which the Lord of herds employs. The human, that which minstrels keep, the deadly lure, the endless sleep, the yawner and the dart which charms, lament and torture, fearful arms, the terrible, the dart which dries, the thunderbolt which quenchless flies, and fate's dread net, and Brahma's noose, and that which waits for Varun's use, the dart he loves who wields the bow, pinaka and twin bolts that glow, with fury as they flash and fly, the quenchless liquid and the dry, the dart of vengeance, swift to kill, the goblin's dart, the curlew's bill. The discus both of fate and right, and Vishnu's of unerring flight, the wind god's dart, the troubler dread, the weapon named the horse's head. From his fierce hand two spears were thrown, and the great mace that smashes bone, the dart of spirits of the air, and that which fate exults to bear the trident dart which slaughters force, and that which hanging skulls compose. These fearful darts in fairy rain, he hurled upon the saint amain, an awful miracle to view. But as the ceaseless tempest flew, the sage with wand of God sent power, still swallowed up that fairy shower. Then Gadi's son, when these had failed, with Brahma's dart his foe assailed. The gods with Indra at their head, and Nagas quailed disquieted, and saints and minstrels, when they saw the king that awful weapon draw, and the three words were filled with dread, and trembled as the missile sped. The saint with Brahman wand empowered by Lord divine that dart devoured, nor could the triple world withdraw rapt gazes from that sight of awe. For as be swallowed down the dart of Brahma sparks from every spot, from finest pore and hair cell broke, enveloped in a veil of smoke.
the staff he waved was all aglow like yammer's kept her king below or like the lurid fire of fate whose rage the world's will desolate the hermits whom that sight had awed extolled the saint with him and lord thy power o sage is ne'er in vain now with thy might thy might restrain be gracious master and allow the worlds to rest from trouble now for vishwamitra strong and red by thee has been discomfited then thus addressed the saint well pleased the fury of his wrath appeased the king o'powered and ashamed with many a deep-drawn sigh exclaimed ah warrior strength is poor and slight a brahman's power is truly might this brahman staff the hermit held the fury of my darts has quelled this truth within my heart impressed with senses ruled and tranquil breast my task austere will i begin and brahmanhood will strive to win end of canto 56 canto 57 trishanku then with his heart consumed with woe still brooding on his overthrow by the great saint he had defied at every breath the monarch sighed forth from his home his queen he led and to a land far southward fled there fruit and roots his only food he practiced penance sense subdued and in that solitary spot four virtuous sons the king begot havishyanda from the offering named and madhushyanda for sweetness famed maharat chariot born in fight and dhridhanetra strong of sight a thousand years had passed away when brahma sire whom all obey addressed in pleasant words like these him rich in long austerities thou by the penance kushik's son a place mid royal saints hast won pleased with thy constant penance we this lofty rank assign to thee thus spoke the glorious lord most high father of earth and air and sky and with the gods around him spread home to his changeless fair he sped but vishwamitra scorned the grace and bent in shame his angry face burning with rage overwhelmed with grief thus in his heart exclaimed the chief no fruit i win have i secured by strictest penance long endured if gods and all the saints decree to make but royal saint of me thus pondering he with sense subdued with sternest zeal his vows renewed then reigned a monarch true of soul who kept each sense in firm control of old ikshvaku's line he came that glories in trishanku's name within his breast uragu's child arose a longing strong and wild great offerings to the gods to pay and win alive to heaven his way his priest vashishtha's aid he sought and told him of his secret thought but wise vashishtha showed the hope was far beyond the monarch's scope trishanku then his suit denied far to the southern region hide to beg vashishtha's sons to aid the mighty plan his soul had made there king trishanku far renowned vashishtha's hundred children found each on his fervent vows intent for mind and fame preeminent to these the famous king applied wise children of his holy guide saluting each in order due his eyes for shame he downward threw and reverent hands together pressed the glorious company addressed i as a humble suppliant seek succor of you who aid the weak a mighty offering i would pay but sage vashishtha answered nay be yours permissions to accord and to my rights your help afford sons of my guide to each of you with lowly reverence here i sue 
to each intent on penance vow o brahmans low my head i bow and pray you each with ready heart in my great right to bear a part that in the body i may rise and dwell with gods within the skies sons of my guide none else i see can give what he refuses me ikshvaku's children still depend upon their guide most reverend and you as nearest in degree to him my deities shall be end of canto 57 canto 58 trishanku cursed trishanku speech the hundred heard and thus replied to anger stirred why foolish king by him denied whose truthful lips have never lied dost thou transgress his prudent rule and seek for aid another school ikshvaku's sons have a relied most surely on their holy guide then how dost thou fond monarch dare transgress the rule his lips declare thy wish is vain the saint replied and bade thee cast the plan aside then how can we his sons pretend in such a right our aid to lend o monarch of the childish heart home to thy royal town depart that mighty saint thy priest and guide at noblest rites may well preside the worlds for sacrifice combined a worthier priest could never find such speech of theirs the monarch heard thou rage distorted every word and to the hermit's made reply you like your sire my suit deny for other aid i turn from you so rich in penance saints adieu vashishtha's children heard and guessed his evil purpose scars expressed and cried while rage their bosoms burned be to a wild chandala turned this said with lofty thoughts inspired each to his own retreat retired that night trishanku underwent sad change in shape and lineament next born an outcast sort of hue his dusky cloth he round him drew his hair had fallen from his head and roughness over his skin was spread such wreaths adorned him as are found to flourish on the funeral ground each armlet was an iron ring such was the figure of the king that every councillor and peer and following townsman fled in fear alone unyielding to dismay though burned by anguish night and day great vishwamitra sighed his heart whose treasures were by penance bought the hermit with his tender eyes looked on trishanku's altered guise and grieving at his ruined state addressed him thus compassionate great king the pious hermit said what cause thy steps has hither led ayodhya's mighty sovereign whom a curse has plagued with outcast doom in wild chandala's shape the king heard vishwamitra's questioning and suppliant palm to palm applied with answering eloquence he cried my priest and all his sons refused to aid the plan on which i mused failing to win the boon i sought to this condition i was brought i in the body saint would fain a mansion in the skies obtain i planned a hundred rites for this but still was doomed the fruit to miss pure are my lips from falsehood stain and pure they ever shall remain yea by a warrior's faith i swear though i be tried with grief and care unnumbered rites to heaven i paid with righteous care the sceptre swayed and holy priest and high-souled guide my modest conduct gratified but o thou best of hermits they oppose my wishes these rites to pay they one and all refuse consent nor aid me in my high intent fate is i ween the power supreme plans effort but an idle dream fate whirls our plans are all away fate is our only hope and stay 
Now deign, O blessed saint, to aid me, even me, by fate betrayed. Who come a suppliant sore distressed, one grace, O hermit, to request? No other hope or way I see, no other refuge waits for me. O aid me in my fallen state, and human will shall conquer fate. End of Canto 58 Canto 59 The Sons of Ashishta Then Kushik's son, by pity warmed, spoke sweetly to the king transformed. Hail, glory of Ikshvaku's line! I know how bright thy virtues shine. Dismiss thy fear, O noblest chief, for I myself will bring relief. The holiest saints will I invite to celebrate thy proposed rite. So shall thy vow, O king, succeed, and from thy caress shalt thou be freed. Thou in the form which now thou hast, transfigured by the curse they cast. Yea, in the body king shalt flee, transported where thou fain wouldst be. O lord of men, I ween then thou, hast heaven within thy hand e'en now. For very wisely hast thou done, and refuge sought with Kushik's son. Thus having said the sage addressed, his sons of men the holiest, and bade the prudent saints whatever was needed for the right prepare. The pupils he was wont to teach, he summoned next and spoke the speech. Go bid Vashishtha's sons appear, and all the saints be gathered here, and what they one and all reply when summoned by this mandate high, to me with faithful care report, omit no word and none distort. The pupils heard and prompt obeyed, to every side their way they made. Then swift from every quarter sped, the sages in the Vedas read. Back to that saint the envoys came, whose glory shone like burning flame, and told him in their faithful speech the answer that they bore from each. Submissive to thy word, O seer, the holy men are gathering here. By all was meet obedience shown, Mahodaya refused alone. And now, O chief of hermits here, what answer chilling us with fear? Vashishtha's hundred sons returned, thick speaking as with rage they burned. How will the gods and saints partake the offerings that the prince would make? And he a vile and outcast thing, his minstrant one born a king? Can we great Brahmins eat his food and think to win beatitude by Vishwamitra purified? The siren sons in scorn replied, and as these bitter words they said, while fury made their eyeballs red. Their answer when the arch-hermit heard, his tranquil eyes with rage were blurred. Great fury in his bosom woke, and thus unto the youths he spoke. Me, blameless me, they dare to blame, and disallow the righteous claim my fierce austerities have earned? To ashes be the sinners turned, caught in the news of fate shall they to Yama's kingdom sink to-day. Seven hundred times shall they be born to wear the clothes the dead have worn. Dregs of the dregs too wild to hate, the flesh of dogs their maws shall sate. In hideous form, in loathsome weed, a sad existence each shall lead. Mahodaya too, the fool who fain, my stainless life would try to stain. Stain then the world with long disgrace, shall sink into a fowler's place. Rejoicing guiltless blood to spill, no pity through his breast shall thrill. Cursed by my wrath for many a day, his wretched life for sin shall pay. Thus girt with hermit, saint, and priest, great Vishwamitra spoke and ceased. End of Canto 59 End of Chapter 12 Recording by Sudeshna